Hi, this is Justin Hibbert, and you're listening to Why Catholic, my podcast about the what and why of Catholicism. While normally these episodes are about 17 minutes in length and deal with different topics on Catholicism, every month or so I like to do a longer interview with someone who is living out their Catholic faith in a unique way. Some months back, I attended the National Catholic Educators Association Conference in Dallas, Texas. I was there working for a tech company at the time, and so I was there as a vendor. And a couple booths down from me was this dad and a couple of his kids. I went over to learn about what they were advertising, and that's when I found out about Diary of a Godman. Diary of a Godman brings the Mass, and particularly the daily scripture readings, into comic book form. If you're familiar with uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid or the Dogman series, then you'll recognize how the Diary of a Godman has a similar comic book style. What's so cool about this story is how the Dickinson family, from the youngest child to the mom and dad, are all involved. In fact, it's really the kids who are driving this creation. Today, we'll hear from most of the family. Kevin Dickinson and Tiffany, his wife, are the dad and mom. Gabrielle, who's 17, is the business manager. Grace, who's 15, is the director of sales. Joseph, who is 14, is the kid's illustrator. Anne-Marie, who's 12, is the marketing manager. Elijah, who is 11, does the formatting. Catherine, who is seven, does the coloring book creator. Xavier, who is one, is the boss baby one. And Theodore, a newborn, is boss baby two. How they do all of this with eight kids in the family is, well, it's uh, it's something else. By the way, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, I do have the link to the YouTube video of this interview in the show notes if you'd prefer to watch it. But without further delay, I am super excited today to share this interview with the Dickinson family, the award-winning creators of Diary of a Godman. Well, good morning, family. It's so great to see you all. Thank you so much for joining me today. As we get, yeah, as we get started with the Diary of a Godman group here, I'd love for you guys just to introduce yourselves, and then we'll and we'll get started. All right. Uh, well, I'm Kevin Dickinson. I'm the just a supervisor and an assistant to the kids. I'm Tiffany. Um, I'm in charge of going over the Bible readings with the kids. I'm Anne Marie, and I'm the head of marketing. Hi, I'm Grace Dickinson, and I'm the head of sales. Hi, I'm Joseph Dickinson, and I'm the head illustrator. Hi, I'm Eli, Eli Dickinson, and I'm the formatter. I'm, hi, my name's Captain Dickinson, and I'm the color of the Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for being here. I, I would just love to start by hearing how <laughs> Diary of a Godman got started. Sure. Oh. Grace, you yeah. Um, so my family and I, right before COVID, were doing this children's liturgy during the church, which is basically where before their mass readings, we would take the kids into a separate room and we would read the readings still, but we would explain it to them in a way that they could better understand. And one day during church, my dad leaned over and was like, how cool would it be if we could take this and put it into a comic? So that's where the idea kind of sprouted from. And then COVID hit. And we already started our illustrations, but we got to the point where we were like, we wanted to help kids during the COVID and online masses. So once we got our first book published, we started printing out the Sunday mass pamphlets and we would uh, drive around town and go to hand deliver them to people in their mailboxes. That way we could like, it was like a startup type of way for us to get to our 
uh, I guess, customers. So when you guys started, was it just for, were, were you just planning it for kind of your parish? I think that's kind of how it started. Um, we were kind of, didn't, you know, we just wanted to reach like locally. We had, um, there's several parishes around here. So we thought, oh, this would help with the local parish. And then, um, and then I think we kind of realized that we were onto something that maybe we could reach more kids with and that would potentially help more kids because we had such good positive feedback from um, from our local our local parishes. So did you guys ever envision it being this big? I mean, you're wearing t-shirts. I met Kevin at the NCA conference. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no it just not. keeps getting just keeps getting bigger, which is great because we want. Um, I think the main goal of this was just to get kids more involved in the mass, and you know, the Eucharist is really the source and summit of our faith, and um, and they need to get fed by the Word before they get fed by Jesus in the Eucharist. So, um, and they need to know that these these aren't just Bible stories; like they're real. They really happen, and God is real. And, you can have a real relationship with them. And so that's kind of like where this is all the main goal, I guess, for, for us is just many kids that way as we can um, and get them interested in what's going on at the mass and, and know that we as Catholics, we have scripture and it's there every Sunday. You can hear almost the whole Bible in three years. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I come, I come from a, a Baptist background. So I was a Baptist pastor for 11 years and, and then, uh, you know, and one of the things I always said about Catholics is Catholics don't, you know, we always said Catholics don't read the Bible. And then when I became Catholic, I was like, wow, I read more scripture and like more, more things that I never read in church than, than I ever did as a non-Catholic. So uh, yeah, it is pretty, it's pretty awesome. And uh, it's so, it's so cool to see the Bible illustrated this way. I would love to know, like, tell me a little bit about the idea of, Diary of a God Man and this and the comics. Tell me, tell me how that got started. Um, so the comic part of it originated from kind of a mix of Dog Man and Diary of a God Man because we would just read them in one sitting. And so that's where our comic form kind of got its form. And yeah. Very cool. Yeah, we came up for mass one day and one of the boys was reading a 200 page graphic novel style book like front to back and uh, that's kind of the the moment where we we're like what if we could bring that enthusiasm and uh that engagement to the scripture and so piggybacking back piggybacking that on top of the, the idea of trying to help the children's liturgy become more engaged um, is kind of how those ideas kind of morph together and what's been the feedback um as you guys have created this and it's exploded uh what have you heard from parishes and from parents and and kids as well so one of the things that's cool is they've evolved from yeah, initially it was just weekly handouts and then it evolved into books um and the books were really more popular with the families so the families the parents could buy a book for the kids they could bring it into mass um one of the big uh big pivots that the kids made was going into the digital subscriptions um, and to where they would sell a digital subscription to a church and then the church could print off as many as they wanted for the kids. And so as they did that, 
the, the reach really started to expand to where now I think they're in three different countries, uh, some, some military bases, and got one in Japan and one in Germany. And so it's really literally starting to go across the world. Um, but the feedback is one thing that makes, besides just how involved and how good of a job the kids and Tiffany have done with the project is, is the thing that makes me so proud this year and parents talk about how their kids enjoy the scripture and how they see themselves in the book. So it's been, yeah. Or even that they're looking at it outside of maths. So I yeah. love that too, like that they're interested in the word of God, even when they're not a church. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Anne Marie, tell me a little bit about your role as uh, the marketing person. What do you do? What do you do for that? Well, um, most of the time we've been doing not our best at this. Um, <laughs> most of the time, every week on like Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, I'll post a post on Instagram and Facebook and all the platforms we have about the one of the readings that we have. So I'll share that one reading so people can see that one for free. And then I'll give a little description about it. And that's that's mainly what I do, but I'll also help with filming things and like just handling all social media. And she doesn't have her own social media account. So it's all it's all <laughs> monitored through the diary Godman and, and my husband mostly helps her with that. That's awesome. Uh, Grace, tell me a little bit about what you do as the director of sales. So director of sales started as a pitch contest and I won a thousand dollars, which got us started. And then I started to kind of get in touch with people. I made some cold calls um, and I kind of just, I do a lot of filming with Anne-Marie and I do go on a lot of uh, meetings with potential investors and affiliate partners, things like that. And then Amber forgot to mention this, but we both did the pitch for the OSV contest this year, which was, I think, a big part of my sales job was getting that pitch ready. And we did have to film some stuff for that. So Amber also helped with that. She's very good with it too. Very cool. Tell me a little bit about what you guys do on a weekly basis, because I know there's a lot you you guys coordinate as a family where you have to uh, storyboard things out and decide what gets in there and what it looks like and everything like that. So tell me a little bit about how that process works. So we may not meet exactly every week because with eight children and my husband works and I just finished graduate school, um, that it, it's kind of sporadic it's not it's kind of like we have to look at the calendar see where our kids activities are and find a free day where, where everyone or most of us can be home and um and we kind of and we also sketch out in advance like looking at a three-month period how are we going to finish the next book so we just finished our our 12th book um a couple months ago we're just waiting on it to be published and um and so what we would do is we Originally, we would all sit down together. We'd all sketch out and, and pick our favorite drawings, and everyone would go around and talk about what they drew with the scriptures. Um, well, first, I would, sorry, back up. First, I would, I'll go through the readings and try to find some, um, look in the footnotes or looking online at some other homilies and seeing, because most of the readings are all tied together. There's usually a common theme, like they pick them for a specific reason, put them together for a specific reason. So I would read all of that and kind of, um, 
glean some information and I would present it to the kids and then the kids would each sit down and individually draw and then they'd all present to the family their ideas and how they thought this looked in their imagination or their mind and and how it played out and draw it and show their picture and then we kind of pick like our favorite themes and sometimes bring two or three of them together um and then pick our favorite ones and try to make sure there's a commonality and then we would go with that um and then at other times we paired them off into different groups and be like, okay, you guys get this Sunday's max worth of readings and I explain to this group of two or three kids. And then they would sketch it out on a dry erase board. Um, so we do it in groups sometimes or even individually one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but Joseph is really ultimately our head illustrator. And so a lot of times he'll get out the iPad and sketch out as people are talking and he's a really good artist. Um, he's that from his dad. He's that I also want to admit this that he's actually really good at drawing little cartoons. And um, and then Eli would help him. He's been training Eli how to draw some too. And they're always trying to freehand in their spare time. Um, and then we take all of those drawings um, after we decide, like, oh, this looks good. This looks good. And our um, illustrator Travis McAfee of McAfee Studios. He's uh, Anne Marie's godfather. Um, he's a good friend of ours and he will put them in Adobe Illustrator and clean them up and make them look super professional. Um, he really is a huge, huge part of this process. And then um, we'll take those drawings that are now cleaned up and I'll email uh, Monsignor Lassur, um, who's my spiritual director and kind of the spiritual director of this project. And he'll go through and make sure it's all consistent with Catholic teaching that our, our ideas aren't too crazy out there. We're <laughs> like, I don't think Jesus would quite say that. Maybe he would say something like this or like, oh, I really like this. And maybe you can bring in this element or maybe emphasize more of the Holy Spirit in this picture. And so um, he'll give us his edits and ideas and help us make sure we're staying true to the Catholic faith and Catholic teaching. And then we send it back to Travis who fixes all of his edits for us. And then, um, and then once the book is finished, um, we contact our um, Montiela Resort works with the diocese and the bishop um, to get the imprimatur and make sure that, that it all gets. So he'll, he'll get his knee, he'll offset, and then we'll get the imprimatur. And, um, and then we'll kind of come up with a dedication for each book, um, put together our table of contents and send it off to the publisher. And it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of time, a lot of weekends. Um, sometimes we'll have diary to go on retreats. Um, wow. We try to do, like break it up with fun stuff for the kids. Um, like take them to go ride go-karts because, you know, we might be spending all weekend on readings and drawings. So we'll mix it up, get outside for a little bit or go swimming or something in between so that um, we can break it up and they can be fresh with ideas. And so also they're not just like, we want them to love it. We want them to enjoy it and remember why we're doing it. Um, and it not just to be all work and no play. Yeah. The only other thing prior to all that is we have to get licensed through the USCCB. And so we'll create the files as format files, which Eli helps with, um, because it's all the NAB text. And so we'll send that off for approval to make sure that it's the, you know, with the, follows the, the liturgy. Uh, to a T, very, very particular about how that's formatted and it shows up each week. So Kevin won't take a lot of credit, but he really is like the head of this project, the head of this family, and he works with the kids one on one or in groups. Um, and he does a lot of the prep work on getting in all the the formatting done, making sure we're good with the USCCB, 
and then even um, helps make sure we with Catherine doing the color removal. He's he's taught the kids all the different aspects. I have no business background. I love the Bible and I love Bible study, and <laughs> that's kind of my part. And and I try to help him where I can, but um, but really he he does a lot of work with, with the kids to make sure it's like a family project and make sure everything gets done and keeps us on our deadlines. Hmm. So like how long does it take to from kind of the beginning process to the end of getting of getting something out i mean this sounds like a lot of work it's months i mean it's like months of work per book per book so there's 12 books so it's really been um, a big part of our lives the last four years um which has been great um but it's it has been a lot because we've (laughs) we've talked about like i would love to have illustrate like the parts of the mass to make it like a full missile or I'd love to do the daily mass reading so that kids in you know who go to daily mass or kids in Catholic schools who have mass once or twice a week would have the cartoons there for those readings as well mm-hmm. um but it's just a matter of finding the time <laughs> so the and, how are the oh go ahead sorry Kevin and balancing you know the kids are they own the business and they are the operators and you know making sure they're still kids too. And so they're learning a lot of lessons about, you know, entrepreneurship versus having a job. And, um, you know, ultimately it's how much they want to put into it. And so one thing that's nice is they have completed the three-year liturgical cycle. And so, you know, 95%, I just made that number up, will repeat, uh, you know, with with a few exceptions. But, yeah, it's really up to them if they want to expand into other forms of media or um, other content. And so we'll just kind of see where, you know, what their threshold is for that. So. so prior to prior to having all of the books done and you have like 95% or whatever the content, uh, was there, I mean, you're probably working to get the next publication out for the next mass. Is that right? And so tell me about that. Were there any like, oh, are we going to make this deadline? You know, are we going to are we going to get there? Tell me about that. Um, There was definitely a lot of that. I think a lot of the times right before a deadline, I think to say that everyone in the household kind of got on edge <laughs> and like, <laughs> I don't know, um, but it definitely stressful because we're all in sports um even Catherine who's seven so it's trying to manage our schoolwork and our homework and our sports and our outside like extracurriculars with um trying to get this business going and keeping on top of deadlines and I do think our parents helped us a lot with that like they helped us manage the schedule they're like all right guys like regardless of what you're having this weekend, if we don't get tired of the coffee done, we can't go. Like this is a priority right now because we've put it off for so long. So I think, yeah, it was definitely very uneasy at some times when we're trying to get to a deadline. And then it's stressful trying to make sure the book's gonna come out on time. And there's been conflicts with um like scheduling and publishing, and it's definitely a journey. Yeah. So it's not so much week to week, we finish a book at a time usually, and we try to do it, you know, months in advance, but then that three months turns into two months, turns into it's a month before this reading. So usually like, you know, every book is like, it's usually like fall, ordinary time, Advent, um, Advent Christmas is usually a book, then Lent and Easter and the summer ordinary time. 
<clears throat> so we usually try to finish it the season before so that it's all the readings are done. So it's not so much like that reading is done the week before it's months before, but it's getting the last reading from the next season before the next season starts, if that makes sense. So like mm -hmm. getting the last reading of the Easter season done before Lent starts kind of a, a deadline, but it's still, it, it's, it's, it can still be a lot. I'm sure for Travis too, who illustrates for us, um, He'll try to do them as he can. And then also Monsignor, who usually gets a lot of these in bulk. And he's got to do homilies and his weekend readings. And then he's also helping us with, with reviewing all of our, our pictures, too, for the scriptures. Yeah, I think that um, there have been times where we did not make our deadline, like, at all. We are like, halfway through a book one time. I think that was the worst time. Yeah. But So we don't always make the deadline, but we do try our best to make it. And... To get it out so people can use it yeah i think that one was we had a lot of hang-ups um with the the publishing mm -hmm. um they could got us confused with another book and thought we were um yeah it turned into a licensing thing yeah we were like no no this is us this is really our book and it's finished and we really need to publish it so one thing that, that we're doing currently is um for the first 12 books we've done self-publishing on Amazon KDP. And so that's been a huge learning process. And um, one of the reasons for that was because it was important when we would get, have family meetings and the kids wanted to maintain control. So if they were to go to a traditional publisher, they would kind of lose creative control of the book and that would kind of defeat the purpose because not only was the purpose to get this in the hands of many kids as possible and get them engaged in the word in mass, but uh, on, you know, from my perspective and Tiffany's, it's also, you know, an experience for the kids. And I love the entrepreneurial journey that they've taken and learning the difference between, um, between the, you know, the job and being the owner and all the, all the ups and downs that come along with that. And so it, it creates more work, I would think. Um, but I think in the end, they've learned a, a lot of good life lessons and life skills that they're going to be able to transfer into whatever they want to do down the road. And then hopefully, ultimately, create some passive income for them now that the bulk of the work is done that um, that they can, you know, hopefully get for the rest of their lives. One day, yeah, we've taught them to pay themselves last. We do our 10% tithe. Um, that was something that was really important to us to make sure that we did. And then... All of our other funds have gone to the next book and the next book and the next book and or to, to conferences when we won the OSB challenge was a huge help to us because we've been able to go to more conferences and, um, and, and put more into the business part of it. So just the next book. Um, but yeah, I think one day they'll get to see the fruits of their labor um, and the biggest fruit being like reaching as many kids as possible, but it's also nice to be compensated for the time they put in, which we'll get to eventually, but it kind of keeps it all at the, it kind of keeps our priorities in order of like, what, what's the most important thing here? It's not to make money. It's to reach as many kids as possible and to finish a whole project. And, um, and yeah, those are lessons. I think as a business owner, um, yeah, you, you have to pay yourself less sometimes, especially when it's fresh and new. You guys have an idea about how many you know books you've sold or how many parishes that you're currently reaching? So I think the book sales are up in the 3,000 plus by now. Um, 
and then the parishes. It, so we have two different types of subscriptions. Uh, and Gabby, who's our, our oldest, who isn't here, handles more of the, she handles the finances and she's the business director. Um, and so she could probably tell you a little bit better, but I think we're, we're getting close to 20 parishes across the world now, um, which is odd because we have, you know, multiple countries, but we're still growing the uh, domestic U.S. as well. Uh, and then uh, probably close to about the same amount with family purchases, family subscriptions. Um, and what happens with that, the digital subscriptions, they get an email every week. And so they'll get the four files. If you think about it, like a traditional missile, missile in the pews, um, this turns into a pamphlet. So churches will get a, a single sheet of paper that they can fold over. And so it'll have the first reading, the second reading, the psalm, and the, and the gospel. And so the kids deliver those in English and in Spanish, and they'll deliver them in color files. So the parishes can share them with all their uh, all their parishioners digitally, typically. Or they also do, Catherine will help remove the color and turn them into coloring pages. And it also makes it more cost effective for the churches to print out. And so a lot of the churches will print those in black and white and hand them to the kids as they're coming into mass. Um, and then the latest thing we'll talk about the what else have y'all decided to do that we kind of came up with at the NCEA with the formatting files for the schools and the CCE. It's mostly Gabby and Catherine. <laughs> so the third type of file that they send is the uh, blank files. And so the files oh, yeah. that we send to the uh, you want to talk about that? So Kimberly's caught it. The blank files we send are basically the readings, but instead of us having our drawings in those boxes, they're blank. So these kids can come up with their own ideas so that they can draw things with using their own imagination to help them to better understand it. Yeah, we want we we try to have a contest once to have kids enter their ideas of drawings and be like, you can be published in the next book. Um, we didn't have a whole lot of interest in that. And then Kevin, who just took a new job teaching at a, a Catholic high school, he substituted for religion class one day. And he's like, hey, I'm going to show you all what we do with our diary to God, man. I want all to draw the readings. And he said that a lot of them came up with the same ideas, similar ideas that we had or similar with each other. Um, and then they remember the mass readings the next Monday at school after Sunday better. They're like, hey, yeah, we're not. Y'all's drawing was a lot like mine, which we were like, we published it, you know, months before. I promise you didn't steal your idea, but, but it was cool to see that they kind of all, all think similarly. And the feedback we've gotten on that and just seeing it with our own kids is the comprehension goes through the roof when they have to, they have to truly understand, put themselves in the story and in the scripture to be able to draw it out, right? And so it, it uses, technically more, but a different part of the brain to not just comprehend it, but to, to sketch it out and be creative with it. And so we've gotten really good feedback from the, the parishes and the schools even, and the CCD programs that, that use that as well. And what was so cool is that's, that was just a complete afterthought. We, we you know, we had spent all this time putting the, all the drawings in there and, and then who would have known that it was so popular just to remove all that and give the kids that experience as well to be the, their own illustrators. So that was neat. Yeah, creation is the highest form of learning. So, you know, I'm a former educator as well. And so we talk about that all the time where, you know, get kids not consuming, but creating. We talk about that at our house too, like with my kids, like 
less video games, more programming kind of thing. So awesome. Um, uh, Grace and Marie, I'd love to hear what was one of the biggest challenges you guys faced in this process in um, your minds? For me, I think the biggest, the hardest thing for me was coming up with some of the ideas for some of those readings because not all scripture is very kid friendly. Um, <laughs> there's one reason why, like, they were talking about a guy's hand getting cut off. And it's just hard to put that in a way that kids can understand. And so I think that was the biggest challenge for me. And sorry, also, like, I feel deadlines are very hard for our family because we have so many activities going on and it's just it's hard to just sit down when you don't have a meeting with someone it's hard to sit down internally yeah how about you grace i think for me it was hard to balance it because i go to a uh, catholic high school and we do not have easy classes so the workload is intense. And then I, I think at the time we started this, I was on like four sports. So I was trying to balance God, man, and my sports and my homework and making sure I could like study for my test. And I think that was the most difficult because it'd be like, um, you know, weekends were my only uh, aspect of free time I had in my life. Even if I like, sometimes I'd have tournaments and stuff too. So I wanted my weekends kind of myself, but there'd be times where I have to be like, oh, I have to do Godman this weekend. Like I can't just rest. So I think that was definitely the most challenging for me was not getting um, as much downtime during the weekends whenever. Yeah. But given that it was only really one weekend a month that I would have to take out, it was still hard to kind of balance that with like going on meetings and things like conferences, stuff like that. High school and four sports. That's a that is a that is a busy schedule for sure. Kevin, how about you? What was one of the biggest challenges that you guys faced? Obviously, the time management was the big one. Uh, but for me personally, um, the challenge was uh, <laughs> just, uh, making sure these kids are still kids and not um, not trying to um, overdo it. Is uh, I'm I'm a very driven individual, and I have lots of ideas and lots of uh, I like to uh, go 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 go. And sometimes I had to learn the lesson of, of patience, and um, I got a lot of opportunities to practice patience. But at the end of the day, it's, it's their business, and I wanted to make you know I was so invested in it. I want to make sure it's successful for them because I can see the potential that this has. Um, for them and how for how many kids that they can reach, um, and I just want to see it reach that, that potential. Sometimes I have to scale back and say, okay, it's not you know we don't have to do it all right now. <laughs> and so that's the base the base thing that I've worked with. And for Tiffany, not to speak for her, but it would probably be the time management. She's uh, with eight kids at the house now, um, and I don't know how she does it all, but um, it's a lot. Yeah. So, all right, let me flip the question around. Let me, let me ask you, what was like a big success moment in, in, in this project where you said, we, I can't believe we did this, or it was a feel good moment. 
So I'll start with you, Grace. Your your eyes are, or Anne-Marie, I see your eyes are lighting up. So you start off. I think for us, the big thing was, I liked getting to go to conferences, but it also a big thing for me was winning the uh, our Sunday Visitor contest. It was a really big deal. And I think we'd done it for about a year. Like it was a year long card contest and we kept getting to the next stage, not knowing what was happening. And when we want to feel like that was kind of like, we've done this, it's a good thing. Like, you know that it's good and that you know that other people like it. And that's just a big thing for me. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Grace? Um, I think for me was uh, winning my first pitch contest. Uh, that was insane. It was, I was the youngest one there by like 20 years. <laughs> and I think to go in there as, I think I was in sixth grade. I think you're 12. I was yeah. 12 years old going at some six 20 seven. year olds, 30 year olds, 100 people. I think it was a big confidence booster. It made me feel like, like, oh, like there's actual interest in this idea. It's not just like a, oh, how cool it would be if we did this. It's like, this could be an actual thing. And I think winning that contest for me gave me a lot more hope in the project because before I was like, yeah, it could be cool. I just didn't know how much like audience we would reach and how many people we would reach in the end. But like seeing that there was people in this like building that I talked to that like, took such an interest in it that they were like, oh, she's going somewhere with this. Like, I think that was a big moment for me. Yeah, for sure. How about how about you, Kevin? Well, to piggyback on what Grace and, and finish it off with what Anne-Marie was saying, the, they, I was so proud. They took that money, and the first thing they did, instead of going and spending that money, they used it with encouragement of myself to hire an attorney to make sure they had everything in place, you know, no copyright infringements or anything like that. And then they used the rest of it for a video for a Kickstarter campaign. And so since day one, it's been a debt-free, it's something really important to the whole families is uh, to not have to borrow money, to not bring, have to bring on investors. Uh, but we had so much support from our friends and our community um, to meet our Kickstarter goal. And that was really the launching point. Besides, obviously, Grace is uh, winning the pitch contest. But the launching point was um, getting the funding through Kickstarter, which was the crowdsourcing campaign where you pre-sell books. And, and some of it was donations uh, from uh, people all around the world that we never even heard of. And it was that was a really neat moment. Uh, and I was really proud of them being able to raise that goal to be able to fund the books and continually do this without having to go into debt because uh, it gets expensive, really expensive, really fast um, self-publishing and paying for illustrations and videos and marketing, writing, right? <laughs> and then the culmination of all that into the OSD challenge was just amazing. And um, it, it was, it was a full blown eight month uh, incubator, almost a business accelerator contest to go from idea to concept to uh, putting something in action. And the kids were so involved. They got to get out of school a lot for meetings, which was cool for them, I think. And then in the, and then winning that contest was just the icing on the cake. Um, and it's allowed us to further the mission so much and get in front of so many more kiddos. Uh, and it's also allowed us to travel a little bit as a family. And I love more than anything, well, my, 
might be a little drastic, but I love seeing these kids at these conferences looking adults in the eye and working on their public speaking and their soft skills and their interpersonal communication. Um, they just matured so much through this process and they learned so many life lessons. And I think a lot of it, their school has a lot to do with that. So that's what their schools since kindergarten have worked you on. You speak publicly at your prayer service every day and throughout the year, you go eighth grade, seventh, all the way down to kindergarten. And they'll walk up on the podium and they'll like read a reading out of the Bible in front of everyone. And so I think that's helped all of us a lot with our public speaking because not a lot of kids get that opportunity to be able to practice that. And I think our school just really does a good job of that. And at um, my Catholic school that I go to, this can sound really weird, but we do poetry recitation. So instead of just like doing a morning prayer or stuff, um, we do poetry. So we'll learn poetry in class, but then when it like when we've had enough practice with it, they'll tell you to stand up and you have to recite the poetry for a grade. And so it kind of drives you. You have to be a good speaker. You have to um, kind of move without moving too much so you don't like distract from what you're trying to say. So I think that's helped me a lot because I wasn't always the strongest public speaker. I've been pretty good at it, but I think doing poetry and like even speaking at church and like doing the masterings for church um, has helped a lot. Like at my school, I'm a sacristan, so I'll um, take part in the mass and like help set up and stuff. But then that also comes with I have to do the reading sometimes. And I used to be petrified of that. Like I would avoid it at all cost. But now I'm like, if someone's like, hey, Grace, you want to read for Mass Day? I'm like, sure, why not? Like, like whatever you need, I'll do it, type of thing. And now you're making cold calls and everything like that. So yes, you've, you've, yeah, you've got, you've got the skills. That's awesome. Um, what, so girls, what is next for Diary of a God, uh, the Godman? Where do you want to, where do you want to see the next stage of things? Um, so I think that we've, a lot of the time nowadays, We've been focusing on kind of turning it more to subscriptions because that way our goal has always been to reach as many kids as possible so they can understand the word of God. And so I think that doing parish subscriptions, we can like reach more people because instead of doing one book where it can reach maybe a family, a parish subscription can reach like hundreds of kids. I think we're also um, kind of turning away from more in-person things and we're starting to direct our focus to online marketing and kind of getting out there because, you know, nowadays it's more of uh, interacting with people online and on social media because that's where most of our population is and that's where most of our um, like community will get their information. So Amber does a great job of this. She gets on social media and she will post and she will um, get to different people and we also started to look at affiliate partners and also at like improving and redesigning our website to attract more people to it and make it more accessible and easier to navigate awesome what uh just a couple last questions where where can people find you so tell them tell the audience here how they can uh how they can find you know diary of a god man and sign up and everything like that 
So you can find Diary of a Godman on Instagram. Uh, I think our tag is at Diary of a Godman. Good question. I don't know. <laughs> <But> yes, um, <laughs> I'll put a link in the in the show notes. <laughs> uh, we're on Facebook. Um, if you're looking to buy a book, you can buy from Amazon, and you'll just search up Diary of a Godman. And your website? Uh, our website is www.diaryofagodman.com, and that has links for subscriptions, books. Um, if you want to learn more about us, we're, uh, we have like, our job descriptions and who we are and our mission on there too as well. Very cool. All right. Last thing we're going to do here is you're going to give me like a 30 second pitch. Each of you give me a 30 second pitch. So pretend you're talking to a parent or to a parish leader or something like that. Why should they tell me about Diary of the God Man in like 30 seconds and why they should subscribe? Who wants to start? I will. All right. Go for it. Diary of the Godman is a comic form of the scriptures for children's liturgy so that children can understand the scriptures better and so that more people reach the word of God and understand Jesus more. Love it is it. a thing that mass. <laughs> Great job, Henry. That was awesome. Grace, do you want to go? Yeah, I got this. All right. You got this. Uh, Diary of a Godman is a family-owned and operated business. We have been uh, kind of starting since 2019, and our mission is to reach kids around the world through the Word of God, but through a um, substance that they actually will take in, which is a comic form. And, you know, we're doing this to try to get kids engaged in mass instead of just trying to, like, go through the motions or just keep them quiet. We want them to actually stay focused on what's happening and that way it'll like translate to when they're older, they're going to be like, oh, like I understand this. I'm not just like kind of just going through the motions of mash. It's like sit, stand, kneel, sit, stand, kneel. It's like actually engaged in what's going on. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. And I love the story. I love Diary of a Godman. I came home from the NCA conference and, and, and showed my son especially because he loved he he grew up reading uh, Diary of a Dog Man, and uh, and I was like, check this out. This is the this is the best thing I saw at the conference. So um, you guys are doing awesome work, and I'm super excited for everything that's ahead. You guys are you guys are crushing it. So congratulations on winning those competitions, and for all the work that you've done. It is uh, uh, you are doing. Uh, the kingdom of heaven, an incredible service. And, uh, and it's so cool to see how God is using you in this process. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Jess. My pleasure. In the education world, we constantly talk about creating rather than consuming. We live in a consuming-centric society, but really so much more happens in our brains and in our hearts when we create rather than just consume. You ever hear the phrase, if you want to learn something, teach it? And that's because when we teach, we are creating the learning experience rather than just consuming it. So kudos to parents Kevin and Tiffany for really fostering this creativity in their home. And Dickinson kids, mad props to you for illustrating God's word in such a creative way and in a way that speaks to children out there.
The kids in your parish and even in your family will love Diary of a Godman. To find out more and to purchase a subscription, you can go to diaryofagodman.com. I've even placed some links to their website and social media accounts in the show notes. Please take a second to check it out. You will love it. Once again, let me thank the Dickinsons for joining me on Why Catholic and for all the hard, amazing work that they're doing with Diary of a Godman. And allow me to thank you for joining me for another episode of Why Catholic. Thank you for joining me for Why Catholic. Be sure to subscribe to Why Catholic wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also subscribe to my Substack site and get the next episode in your email inbox. As a subscriber, you get a special discount code to the Why Catholic Etsy store. If you've been blessed by this podcast and you're feeling generous, there's also a way to financially support it, and patrons get some extra perks. To become a free subscriber or a patron, just go to whycatholic.substack.com slash subscribe. Also join me on Instagram at whycatholicpodcast, all one word. Thanks again for listening. My name is Justin Hibbard, and this is Why Catholic. God bless you.